Hello, Pastor Deborah here, and this is Agape Love. Love is here. This is one of the many video sections of the ministry of Pastor Deborah, helping people the Lord's way. Please enjoy the video, and we look forward to you coming again. Pastor Deborah hopes you enjoy hearing about how she has learned. How to help people the Lord's way and have her many wonderful spiritual experiences throughout many, many years of helping people. Welcome again to a video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. This is Pastor Deb. Love always and forever. Hello, Master Class Initiative students. This is Pastor Deborah again, and we are in class number 11. We don't have but one more to go, and then we'll be concluded with this series. I do hope you will continue on with your learning about leadership. I believe there's going to be many more wonderful, wonderful courses coming up. On many different topics and you'll need to take every one of them and learn it so far we have gone through many topics which in class number 12 will kind of do a quick review but for now we are in class number 11 and I am Pastor Deborah, and I'm coming to you all the way from Pensacola, Florida, in the United States of America. Can you believe it? We're having class globally. And you can watch this tape, this video, as often as you need to, and take lots of notes. So this class, as you can see on my board behind me, it's entitled, When Does One Become a Leader? That is a real important thing to know and to understand. Let's start off with a few questions. But before we do those, you know me, I always like to start with some wonderful words of wisdom. Let's look at the words of that young, young man who is speaking for his father in Proverbs 25, 2, out of the Christian Old Testament part of the Bible. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, hide it. But the honor of kings is to search out a matter. When you become a searcher, a seeker of truth, searching out a matter, digging as archaeologists do, into the dirt and the dust, looking into times past, trying to figure out what is meant. And you are not satisfied 
until you come to an answer then you are becoming a king and it is your honor and glory to do that because when you find the answer you radiate truth and light not only to yourself but to others around you so I want to talk to you a little bit today about when does one that be you or anybody else become a leader do you become a leader when you decide that you want to become a leader when you somewhere maybe in your childhood or your teenage years or after many years you decide I want to be a leader is that when you become a leader what about do you become a leader only after you have had education and training and seminars in leadership do you become a leader when you finish these 12 classes of master class initiative of Nigeria or other classes by other teachers is that when you become a leader do you become a leader when you decide to get married or you have to get married do you become a leader then what about when you become a mother or a father are you forced into leadership at that point or did you desire maybe you don't look at being a mother or a father as a leader but do you become a leader well who are you leading when you're a mother or a father do you become a leader when you get a position of management leadership or you get elected to a political position or maybe just elected to a tribal position or a neighborhood leadership position is that when you become a leader how about when you decide to start a business is that when you become a leader what about if you take over your family's business or you were uh, taught and trained by your elders of the family to one day take it over and when that day arrives is that when you become a leader have you ever thought about these questions so when does one become a leader? What would you say about that? Do you have any feelings or opinions about when does one become a leader? Let's look back into some of our human history. They it will give us some guidelines to look at 
some ancient history to uh, think about. In answering this question, we need some help. I want to ask you another question. Is leadership something that is divine? Or can it just be learned by training and education? Can anyone become a leader? Throughout our history as humans, there's always been a guiding thread A guiding pillar that instructed us, that told us no matter what nation we're in, that it was from the gods that picked certain people who they would have a close relationship with and a deep spiritual intimacy who were born from a god or goddesses. They were a child of the gods. And they, we've heard about them. We've read about them. We've even seen movies about them. They're in our mythology, our legends, our stories. That we've all heard. We've even studied them. In ancient civilizations. They were leaders. Who were children. Of a god. They had supernatural powers. They were mighty warriors. They were always very beautiful. If they were a female. Or handsome and well built if there were a man. And every age, humanity has connected itself as a leader with a God. Far back as we go, the stories, the history, and archaeology has told us that some people were divine. They themselves were children of God. And then some of them were a God on earth themselves. We know many of them claim to be prophets. People who were in relationship with these gods and who spoke to us because we didn't have the same spiritual intimacy. We were just of the masses, the general people. We weren't even the priest. And not all priests got to be around this god. But the king the leader of a nation, a family. Our history shows us. They were divinely chosen. A lot of them say they were created 
by a god or goddess. And these leaders of us, of our tribe, our clan, the mighty warriors who led us into battle, our ancient ones were gods. They were children of the gods themselves. They were chosen as special people because they had a special relationship with a god. You study Greek mythology. You study ancient Egypt. You go back into your own nation's history. You will see the interaction, the beliefs, that the early leaders, the early kings, they were all connected. And if not just connected, they were a child of a god. They were chosen. They were divine. They were your mighty kings, your leaders, your family council members. They were your medicine men. They were your shamans. Somehow, they had interaction with a God. And we all looked up to them. We thought they were unique and powerful. They had wisdom beyond their knowledge. They seemed to have supernatural powers. They seemed like they could see where others could not see. And they seemed to know things that the average person did not know. And they seemed to have privileged lives because they were either in deep connection to the God or they were a venerated, honored, and worshipped as a God on earth themselves. All of humanity has these kinds of heroes in our stories that we've heard around the campfires, in our tents. We've read in our ancient stories. We've heard about magic lamps, flying carpets, mighty warriors and heroes strong people beautiful women and all were of gods and goddesses some of us have read stories in comic books children's books stories just passed down to us by our ancestors Stories of leaders of a nation. Stories who fought other people, other nations, and won. They became gods to us, divine, supernatural. And these heroes, these leaders of our ancient days, they all seem to have supernatural abilities. They were always leading, fighting, great warriors. 
mighty kings. They seemed to be our protectors and our shepherds. They provided land for us, work. They provided us with a connection to the gods ourselves. And in ancient Egypt, the beliefs were that when the Pharaoh, which means king, died, he continued to be our fighter and our protector. Even in his death, or they went into the underworld. They fought off the demons to keep chaos away. Leaders were seen as children of the gods. And that they were even conceived by a god with a human female. Sometimes it was even a child of another female. Nobody could explain the powers, the beauty, the knowledge they had. Oh, and many kings were mad at their, because it was their brother or someone in their family. And they seemed to be divine and chosen. And there was war over this. And that one who was deemed not divine was always trying to kill the one who was considered divine. Humanity looked to these leaders to help them, to protect them, to fight for them. Because they had supernatural powers. They could beat anything. How many of our ancient heroes that you know of from your nation were considered divine gods themselves? How many of these gods, these wise people go back into ancient Greece People didn't know what to do. So they would go to a priestess. In Delphi, in Greece, they wanted knowledge. What should I do? Am I going to win this battle? They would go and pay money to get knowledge. But they had to go to a priest who was in contact with a god through what they called the oracle. Just everyday people were trying to get information. Even the kings had to go to the priests, to the gods. Because everybody knew that gods and goddesses were a part of our lives. And they were the ones who chose, conceived, birthed the leaders among humanity. In every nation, when we went to war and battle against another nation, each side called on a god for victory, asked for his protection. 
And if they won, then they believed their God was the reason they won. That he was with them, leading them and guiding them. And if not, it wasn't his will. God's been a part of our lives in leadership. In most nations, even now, if you are chosen or in the family of a king or queen or a ruler, you are anointed by spiritual leaders. You are dedicated. You take oaths and vows of duty before a God. You have to understand all of this so you can answer this question. When does one become a leader? Usually the gods battled each other. They were jealous of each other. And sometimes it was when two armies were fighting. It was God against God. And whoever won seemed to be the strongest God. So by going back into all of ours of humanities. Ancient history. We see that leadership and gods being divine were connected. But when does one become a leader? Is leadership just for the divinely chosen ones? The ones who were considered children of a god? Conceived by a god? Were they the ones who only had visions in caves or heard or had a visitation from an angel? Is that who becomes a leader? Because of this connection that they had somehow to a God that the rest of us don't have? Do they have skills that we don't have? Do they seem to be better communicators? They're not so afraid to talk on the microphone. They're not so afraid to get up in front of people. In a large crowd or even just a group. And talk. Is that who becomes a leader? Somebody who's not afraid of people? Is it somebody who comes from the right family, went to the right college, lived on the right side of town? Or maybe it was because their family had been in leadership. When does one become a leader? How would you know when you become a leader? Do you become a leader because you want to become a leader? Do you become a leader because you now are a mother? And you're forced or you desire to be? Is a mother a leader? How about a father? Are they a leader? 
maybe you don't want to do your family's business. But can you still be a leader? Do you have to have a college education? Do you have to have lots of knowledge and skills to be a leader? How would you know when you've made it? When you have become a leader? Is somebody going to tell you you've made it? Oh, you got that position now? You got the salary now? Now you're a leader. Oh, you took that leadership course. Now you're a leader. Oh, you served under so-and-so. It's your time to be a leader now. Head of the family. When you decide to get married, is that when you become a leader? How about when the first time that you decide to stay in school? Is that when you become a leader? What happens if you never get to go to school? And just live out on the streets? You're very poor. Or you're in a caste system. Or you're just one of many thousands if not millions of slaves. What happens if you get sent to prison or jail or a gulag? Do they have leaders in there? What about when you decide to be a leader of just one, yourself, and lead your own thoughts and lead your body in the correct direction? Is that when you become a leader? How will you know when you become a leader? Will you always be chasing that? Trying to get somebody to tell you, you're a leader now. You've got the job. You've got the position. Act like it. Is that when it happens? Does it happen when you're born into a family that has a long history of leadership? Because you were the first born, the first male, is that when you become a leader or it's expected of you? What happens if you don't want to do the family business and you want to do something else? What happens if you stray from the path? You don't finish school. You don't take all the classes. Or you decide, I don't want to do what my parents told me to do. What happens if you get kidnapped? Or you're sent into human trafficking. And all your dreams are gone. What happened if you were like you were in a school and you're kidnapped out of it because your faith, the element of your faith doesn't believe that girls could go to school? Is your leadership days over with when you had dreams of being something? Do other people decide when you are going to be a leader 
or not. Do circumstances, world events, death, do they decide? Is leadership only for the survival? The strongest ones who can survive. Is it just for men of a certain age? Did you know in certain cultures you can't even step up and be a leader till you're about 30 years old? You have to be taught and mentored under tutors until then. Maybe you have to work long hours. I'll give you an example of how many things work. At least in America, in the military, we'll use the Navy. I understand that pretty good. There's a rule. You either have a college education, which will take you into the line of officer management, becoming an officer, or you don't. If you never finished high school and you never went to college, or if you had maybe two years of college but you didn't finish, then you fit into the enlisted ranks. And that would be what we would call the blue collar, the average workers. The officers were the managers, the leaders. Not saying they were any more educated or able to lead. But that's how the system worked. Now in both of them, in the enlisted, you could move up. You took tests. You had time on duty. You got good uh, write-ups every year. You'd take some classes, you'd pass, and you'd get another stripe, and you'd get promoted. And you could keep working your way up, eventually become a chief of whatever you are in, which means you have learned a skill, now you can teach other people that skill. You have some management, we've learned that you've grown up. And you can manage people, you can teach this skill to other people workers so now you become a chief you're in management leadership you've taken classes but you still under officers so in the chief's ranks you can work your way up through test time arduous assignments being away from home a lot And you can move your way up to being a master chief. Then, if you decide, well, I've had enough education. Maybe I finished college. You can take a test to become an officer. There's one called a warrant officer. It means you got all the time in service. You got enough education, even though you didn't go to college. You warrant You merit being an officer. But you're still not in the full line because you didn't really finish college. So education, work, 
time in service determines whether you are an enlisted person or an officer. And within the officers, there's ranks. Depending on if you get more schooling, more education, you pass your test, you go to schools, you spend time in service, usually away from the family, there's a path to move up. We see it in politics. Usually you start at your local level. And you start maybe just volunteering. Getting on committees. Coalitions. Learning how to speak on a microphone. Then maybe you decide to run for an election. But you got to get elected. Remember that. And maybe you don't get elected. So are your leadership days over with? No. But leadership is very competitive. There's tests you must take. Scores you must do. Time in service. Who you know. The connections you have. I run into a lot of you on LinkedIn. You have no professional profile. You cannot even write good messages. Your spelling is wrong. Your English is not correct. You haven't done your research on who I am. Call me a man when I'm a female. You have no websites for me to look at. You have no accomplishments. No articles you've written. That tells me a lot about you. LinkedIn is a professional platform for you to present yourself as a professional. It's not Facebook, which is more social, fun. I don't want to know what you do 24 hours a day. I don't care about your family life. Show me your leadership skills, your communication skills. Show me articles you've written, television shows you're on, radio interviews you've done. I want to read about your bio. I want to hear about your jobs you've had. I want to see your picture. A lot of people don't do that, they try to hide. When you're in leadership, you are out in public. Now, if you're a mama or a father, you are out in public. You know that, don't you? Your children are looking at you. They're watching you and listening to you all the time. Your neighbors. Everybody's watching you. How you are doing as a leader. They're looking at your children, the fruit of you. To determine how good a leader you are. Fathers, you are looked at as a leader. Can you provide for the family? Or do you go off and become an adulterer to your wife? Do you spend more time with the boys? In the bars? In the brothels? Are you an adulterer? Do you take part in any 
raising of the children. Leaders are always on display. Even your own children are looking at you. And they are saying, is that what a leader is? Is that what a father and a mother are? Is that how I am supposed to grow? When you are a leader, you are on display all the time. How you dress, how you talk on LinkedIn, on emails, how you walk, how you talk, what you do, who you hang out with. You are under the microscope. Other people are looking at you. They are deciding within three seconds whether you are worth listening to, paying attention to, or you have something that they can learn from. Three seconds. Maybe it'll take them ten. Your picture on LinkedIn matters. I don't care. We don't, most leaders do not divulge their personal family history. We don't do sexting. We don't need to know your opinions about everything. Most good leaders talk very little. So when does one become a leader? You become a leader in childhood because you're the firstborn. Do you become a leader when you become a mother or a father? Who decides? Does your name that you're given at birth, does that decide for you? Because that was the name of one of the family's leaders. Do you become a leader in the month that you were born? Who decides? What criteria are they using? Is your destiny already set for you when you were born or even before you were conceived based on who your parents were? Maybe you don't even know who your parents are. So how could you ever be a leader? Didn't come from the right parents. What happened if you never finished school? Oh, you can't be a leader. What happened if you don't go to another country, one of the colonial powers, and go to college, and you don't go to the right university? Oh, you can't be a leader. When does one become a leader? Our history shows us it is the gods that pick us. It is the gods who conceive us, who shape our destiny, lead us and guide us, give us all kind of abilities. That's why a lot of times when you listen to certain leaders, we just are admirers, admirers of them. We just connect with them. They seem to be great orators, speakers. They have great passion. Don't really know what they're saying, but we sure like them. Leaders promise us a lot. 
and they usually deliver very little. But we'll go and vote for them again. Why? Because our heart, our feelings, just like them. We just seem to love them. So when does a when does one become a leader? I'm going to give you one God when he tells us through his words when humanity that means all of us become a leader. So let's see what the creator of humanity says himself when we all of humanity he says became a leader. So let's look at and listen to these deep thoughts of this God and his words, his declarations, his decrees of of and for all of humanity, all of us, in becoming a leader. And when we became a leader. Genesis one twenty six, the King James Version. Hear and listen carefully. We're going to watch a conception of sperm and egg come together. We're going to watch the father and mother come together intimately. And how they created their very own child. And we're going to learn what this child is to do here on planet Earth. Can you believe it? And I want to see if you agree or think this could be possible for you. And would this answer the question, when does one become a leader? We're going to look deep to the very heart of this God. We're going to say that he was a leader himself. Within this God, this great creator, who at this time in his life, his existence, he was full of thoughts and dreams and desires. But he was only one. But yet he was both a male component part and a female component part. But he wasn't yet a father or a mother. But when he was ready, he slipped into becoming a father. And then another part of himself became the mother. Because we learn that he shows us from all of nature, you must have both the sperm, the male part, and the egg, the female part, takes two to make one. Now within himself, 
He was both of these components. He had an image of a male, a father to be, a mighty king, one with all authority and dominion. And he had a female side, the loving, kind, compassionate, nurturing side. So he was going to pull these two together and conceive within his own thoughts and desires, create. For he tells us later on that as you think in your heart, in your mind, so you are. So he became the father and the mother of all of humanity. He combined, he became intimate within himself. He combined his desires and hearts, thoughts and hopes and dreams. He took his male image, the sperm, and he had intimacy. He impregnated himself, his female side, and together they created something. He did all of this inside of himself first. That's where creation occurred. With inside of him. He took his two components. In order to have a child. An offspring. Because you cannot have a child. With just the male portion of ourselves. You must have the male part and the female part. So in his case, he took his image, which was his authority as king and ruler, as a god himself, as a creator, as a mighty shepherd, as a great one, as a leader. And he combined that in conception within himself with the side of him that was loving kind caring for and nurturing full of goodness and love and hope and joy and peace and he combined them together conceived within himself his child and he called this child man Man was a, the spiritual creation. It was not of a male sex. For within man was just the same as with this God. He had a male component part. The ruler, the leader, the image, the king, the mighty one. With all authority and dominion. The image. This man was to be a God himself. A leader. But he was also to have another component part. From his mother. Love. Patience. Faith. Hope and joy and peace. A love that would sacrifice itself for all others. A nurturing. 
side. So this God combined these two components, conceived in intimate thoughts, and a child was created, named man. Now I'm going to read to you in a few moments the actual words. So this creation, this child, Just a minute here. In Genesis one twenty six, God is talking to us, and here's what He said: "Let us, the me side, that's the father, the male, the mighty king, the image, and me, the mother, the female side of me." Let us make, that means conceive, come together and create man. Our child, our heir to be, our son, which means offspring, in our image, after our likeness. Leadership began for all of humanity right there in the very deep thoughts before we were even created. The very purpose of our creation was to be a leader. Our leadership began right there when this God who was both a male and a female who desired to be a father and a mother and have children who were just like them, made in their image and after their likeness. Children, gods themselves, made by a god after the god's own image and after the god's own Lightness. So when does one become a leader? When humanity was first created and the heart and mind of its God, its creator. It was to have the image of its God, its creator. What does that mean? Image. It means representation. Uh, The Webster's Dictionary says a reproduction or imitation of the form of a person or a thing. A likeness of an object produced. The exact likeness. A person strikingly like another person. A tangible or visible representation and incarnation it's a picture of something you can't see it's an idea and a concept it's a description the word let us make man 
in is real important. That word in, I-N. It means in the Webster's Dictionary, inclusion within a position. It indicates purpose. It locates us, one's location. And who is in an office or power. So when the words say, in our lightness, tells us powerful things. We are going to be in the same position, office, as our Father. This God, this Creator, when you study humanity and the DNA, the genetic code, half of it comes from our fathers and half from our mothers. Hmm, you didn't know that? Oh, yeah. You cannot have a child with just a sperm, won't work. They have tried throughout history to take a human egg or sperm and mix it with an animal's, a sheep or a goat. Doesn't work. It must be a human sperm and a human egg. And they must combine. Now if you ever study conception, There's one egg and thousands if not millions of sperm trying to break the shell, penetrate, force its way into the egg to bring forth conception. So what happens is we learn that you must have two, a female, the egg, that carries half of the DNA, and a sperm that carries the other half of the DNA. And when they combine together within the egg, things start happening. Laws kick in, and formation of a physical body All of its components begin. It's being made. So, when does one become a leader? That was decided by this creator God. And I want all of you to go ask the God that you serve and believe in. If that's true. Do they pick? Did they create you? In their image. And after their likeness. Because if that's true. Then you are a son. An heir. A child. Male or female. That's just the biological dirt body. But the thing deep inside. The spirit part of you. Would be a God yourself. Made in the image and after the likeness of a God. Go ask in prayer if that's true. 
So let's keep going to see what this particular God says. So he goes on in Genesis and said, Not only am I going to make you in my image. And once you understand he was a king, a creator, a mighty one, the boss. He owned all the land of that he created, heaven. He had servants, angels. He had all power. And yet he had to be a loving king. That's the mama's side. So we have to learn. When does one become a leader? That was already decided for us. Our spirit, the spiritual part of us, is to be the offspring of a God and to help down here. So let's go on. Genesis 1.20 And you were made after the likeness of your mother. In Genesis 1. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. That's the mama side. That's the loving, caring, nurturing, patient side. We see that a lot in the Catholicism where Mary is peaceful and kind and you can talk to her. But you can't talk to old Jesus. He's the king, the warrior. You don't mess with the king. you got to go through mama. Now, is that right? They have to be balanced out. So what does he say? Made in our life. After our likeness. What did the word after mean? Behind in place. A word to explain the objects as stated or implied action. As to resemble in accordance with. It's the characteristics or the manners of. So we're made somehow after this likeness. After this model, this shape. We were fashioned after it. We were made in like manner. You'll learn a lot about this God. He is love. That's the mama's side. The agape side. He is joy. He is peace. He is faith. That's the mama side. A lot to learn about him. So you learn about yourself. Then he continues on. And tells us a little bit more about us. And what he wants us to do. Because we're to become leaders like he is. We're to become kings and gods. With a very tender, shepherd, loving, nurturing side. We were to be just like our father and mother. And he continues and he says. That this man's image and likeness. And and what they were to do. And let them. 
all of humanity have, possess, do, have dominion. Okay, so we're learning a little bit more about him. That he has dominion. What does that mean? Dominion in the Hebrew means to tread down, subjugate, to crumble, to prevail against, to have. means to rule over, to take. The first part of that, D-O-M, is a prefix, which means dignity, an office. It means realm, jurisdiction, means a kingdom. It's a state or a fact of being free. Those having an office, an occupation or character. The word dominion carries on and it means domain. Supreme authority. Celestial hierarchy. Absolute ownership. You know, he's telling us we're going to be like him. We're going to be kings with a domain, a realm, and we're to be over it. Anything that gets out of that control, we're to tread on it, subjugate it, and get it back into place. Now, he's talking in big terms here. He's talking about inside of this body, that spirit man is to watch over his soul which we'll talk about in another one. His physical body keep everything in that domain under control. Then you're to go on planet Earth and watch over it. Don't let things get out of control, other people. And we see that a lot when nations are trying to have peaceful social unity, to the point they'll throw their own citizens in jail or having other faiths for thinking they are subhuman when they want to be free. But when freedom comes, you must learn. You must watch over your own self, your mouth. You can't you don't have to tell everybody your opinions. And your opinions don't really count anyway. So, we have to learn that we're going to have some dominion, some authority over something. And he starts telling us we're to have it over, above, upon, rule and lead, the fish. That's the vibrating motions of movement, the winds the waters, the storms, the fear, and of course the natural animals. He talks in a strange language until you get to know him. You'd think you're just supposed to have dominion over the fish. Well, you are, but you're also to care for them because you can fish out all the fish and it cannot replenish itself. And you just destroy the resource. But he's also talking about the fish of this system. 
fish move vibrating okay there's fear it's a wobbly it's it's a shaking a trembling that's how they move okay that's how they move like that you're to control that dominion over that where does that come from your fears trembling in your body your thoughts your storms you're to control that and of course be kind to the natural fish of the sea they're here for you but you can't overfish them you don't treat them like the Chinese do cut their shark fins off for sexual enhancement and throw them back don't need to eat anything that comes out of the sea said fish And it also meant those fallen ones out of heaven who use fish and what fish do. And some gods actually look like fishes. These are the deep things that he can't tell you. He's trying to prophesy to us about being a leader down here. He's telling us sort of in a strange way. We have memories of this. We look back to our ancient civilizations. We saw the rulership of kings. Even after death they were to go and fight. and They were to control and take dominion over things. And we were to have dominion over the fowl, the birds of the air. Those things which come to steal are seeds we try to plant in the grounds. But he's also talking about, in his parabolic language, my words are going to be thrown to you. My seeds of life and fowls of the air are going to come and try to steal them from you. And you won't get them. You must have dominion over those evil wicked fowls. That are in the spirit world. That's why we got scarecrows. To keep the birds out of the fields. So they won't eat the seeds. And we were to have this dominion over the cattle later on in this book the Old Testament we learn that if your thoughts and actions become more beastly you're just a cattle yourself a beast of burden a slave you're just not even a god in your thinking anymore and it says that you must watch over the cattle care for them use them correctly for what they were put here for guard them, protect them you don't let the cattle the beast of the field get control of you you don't become a beast of burden you don't let yourself act like a beast like just a cattle 
You must watch over your own appetites. While you're down here. And your physical body. And it's lust and it's demands. Then he goes on and says we're also to have dominion over every creeping, crawling thing. Over the hidden creatures that are on the earth. That will get in your flesh. That will vexate you. Now they all have a purpose in nature. And they'll do their job. But they are here. To do their job. And he says I'll give you dominion over them. Now what does that mean? That means when there's a virus. COVID-19. That's a creeping thing. When you rise up as a king. As the son of this God. In leadership. You have the right to speak to that virus. And tell it to get back in place. And die. But if you don't rise up as a king. A leader. Of this God. One of his children. You can't speak. They ain't going to listen to you. So we, before we were even placed on planet earth, we were prophesied over. Even while we were in the womb of this God, growing and developing, he was telling himself what we were to do. He was speaking to us, prophesying, decreeing, declaring to us about what his child all of humanity would be. Then what happens? We sit there in his womb being created. Verse 27 goes on. So God created man in his own image in the image of God created he this man him both male and female created he them we ain't even got out of the womb yet creation is occurring leadership has been decreed and prophesied to us we're going to be like him we're going to have a male side and a female side we're going to be made in his image and after his likeness So when does one become a leader? In the womb of God. In the heart and the mind of God. Well what do we do? You got to study him. If you're to be a a child of a God. You got to know about the God. What he's like. What he can do and can't do. Is he under laws? What is his purpose for you? To be here. How are you supposed to act? Do you mean, Pastor Deborah, that every human is a God? Yes. We are all made in His image and likeness. Now, something happened to us in another story in the garden by a serpent. And we lost that original image 
and lightness. It got destroyed through disobedience and sin. And then we got recreated in the flesh of a woman in her fleshly womb made in the image and likeness of another Satan the adversary of God so we took on different images different likenesses right from the get go but originally we were created to become a leader but Satan made himself the same way and then what happened Pastor Deborah How do we get back to be this nice God? You have to get reborn again. It's a big mess. So we got some kids down here made in the image and likeness of Satan spiritually. Who are leaders, yes. And they're connected to him, yes. And they are doing exactly what was prophesied by the original father to do have dominion on earth they are our leaders but they are not righteous leaders they have the nature the image and likeness of this Satan guy this adversary of this loving father and mother so we had to get our original image and likeness back that's another whole story I don't want to go too long in this one Because there's a lot more to go into. And it goes into. How many things happened. More about us. But what I want you to learn in this video. This class. Is that when does one become a leader. It is when a God. Desired to have children. And he spoke and prophesied over us in his own womb. Gave us directions. Made us in his image and after his likeness. And then that image and likeness was destroyed. And Satan who was this God's adversary. Wanted children also. Because if this God of the creation was to have children then by God this Satan would have children also so he kidnapped human trafficked stole robbed these children lied to them bewitched them in the garden and they fell from their high place their image and likeness of being what all this God originally wanted them to be Their connection to him was cut off. Their image was defiled and polluted. And Satan said, I'll have my children. I'll make my own leaders. They'll have my image and my likeness. And we see them all over the world today. They lie to us. They cheat on us. They steal our nation's resources. They're adulterers. They do drugs. They'll say anything and turn around and lie. And they don't care about the people. They have the image and the likeness of their father, Satan. 
And we see it in all, many nations. We even see some uh, people who have been reborn still living out of their soul, their beastly natures, not out of their kingly and loving nature. So when does one become a leader? Who decides? It's already decided for you by a God. And then another thing that thinks it's a God decided that he would have certain people they would be his leaders and everybody else was to be his slaves so when does one become a leader depends on which God is in your life which one you're serving which one has have you been created in the image and likeness of then once you realize that there's a lot of education you must get training communication skills writing skills people skills how to dress and talk and act you must learn management and finance international trade you must learn how to work on committees and uh, coalitions you must be able to stay in pressure and spend more time studying and up late praying. You must have a deep connection to your God. You must be educated. A lot of people don't make the education level, but they got a lot of wisdom. You can be a leader wherever you are. Start with yourself. Start inside of your spirit, soul, and body. Get control of your appetites and your thoughts. Learn to love people. Learn to help people. Help a stranger. So when does one become a leader? You already are one. But you must discover it. And you must discover who your mother and father spiritually are what God did you come from the God of loving caring or from the other guy then what part of you is the leader your soul we have that all over the world and it will use the power of the spirit to help it so when does one become a leader before you were born everybody's going to serve in some capacity everybody's going to lead in some way so go and study go and look at yourself go back into history when does one become a leader you already are you were created to be a leader. You must rediscover that. I hope this one helps you. It's a strange one. Next one will be class 12 and we'll kind of wrap up and review. Because I can only touch. There's so much I would love to teach you. But you got to learn a lot. First you got to rediscover that you were created to 
to be a leader and to learn that you were prophesied over and what you are to lead and whose image and likeness you were made. And if it's the bad guys, you must get reborn into the good guys. So you can be about what you were always intended to be. To be a king, be a ruler, down here, within yourself, with other people, with the resources, on earth. You were made to be a leader. You were created after a leader. And you were designed to lead. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah. This is Masterclass Initiative number 11. Bye, Nigeria. I'll see you next week, Class 12. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually the Lord's way for many, many years. Come again, watch another one, and we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at Agape Love is here.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.